is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, everyone. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, number 395, recorded on Tuesday, the 2nd of October, 2018. We have changed the pronunciation of that word, I guess. October. I don't know. I I, I just sort of like it better than October. October. It could be considered Bricktober. Bricktober? Why is that? Bricktober. It's a, it's a Toys R Us thing. So I don't know if uh, our listeners know, but Toys R Us uh, still exists in Canada. And uh, they have Bricktober, which uh, if you buy a bunch of Lego, you get f- more free Lego. Oh, that's exciting for you. You get Yeah, you get some minifigures if you spend over $75. That's good. What have you bought so far in two days? Grand total of nothing so far. Oh. I'm considering buying a Duplo train set for Jasper. Ah, he would like that. He would. He would like it very much. And and a Harry Potter castle for yourself, no doubt. I don't think so. It's pretty cool. I looked at it. I want I one. I don't know. I'm not much of a Harry Potter guy. I know, but it's the castle. I understand. Okay. Well, it's not a castle. It's Hogwarts. Well, okay. Sorry. That's a castle. I am it's a school. I'm even less of a Harry Potter guy than you are. So I looked at it and thought castle. <laughs> right. All right. Well, anyways, Bricktober, October, October, whenever it is, it's the second. And uh, Halloween's just around the corner. And also, The Walking Dead is just around the corner. We're just Mm. a few days away. Uh, But we're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about the season finale, Jason, of Fear the Walking Dead season four. That's correct, Christopher. And I think that's what we're going to do right now. I lose myself. All right. Thank you, Dennis, in Moscow for that title read. It is indeed called I Lose Myself. It sort of is the second half of the sentence that is formed by combining last week's episode title, I Lose People, and uh, today, this this weekend, we lose myself. I lose myself. That's right. So here we are, Jason, season finale. Um, how should we start this? I I was thinking about talking a little bit about how sort of disappointed I've been over the second half of, of season four and maybe trying to look at this episode and decide whether I thought it was a suitable ending if it, or, or if it, um, if it changed my opinion in any way, but I'm, I'm not sure I want to do that because everyone knows that I have been less than enthusiastic about the second half of season four of the show. So we'll probably just dive right in. Um, but, uh, I, I guess I'll pose that question to you. How did you feel about this as a as a capper on the last eight episodes and a a finale to the season? I thought it was fitting. Fitting, really? I, th- I thought it was a fitting finale. Uh, in that, uh, I thought that uh, you know it'd be a bit of a rigmarole to get Althea back. You know where she's she's off somewhere else. She's separated from the group. It'd be such a big deal. Oh, she fell unconscious and then all of a sudden wakes up with the group. So that was really a a non-starter, which is the same as this whole half of the season. And then I thought uh, Martha would be a big deal as well to, uh, uh, you know, I thought that maybe she would be a bit of a, more of a challenge when in fact, uh, Morgan just stumbles across her lying on her uh, dead husband's grave. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't really a challenge either. I mean, Morgan got into a car accident, which is, uh, and nobody helped them. This is the exact same thing happened to her with her husband and nobody helped them. 
but Morgan was an idiot and uh, reached his hand into the back and she grabbed it and they got into a car accident. And after that, uh, yeah, she wasn't a problem anymore. You know, I kind of see what you did there. Uh, you know, you said this was a fitting finale to the season and in, in a way that's, you know, there's, there's a slightly on the surface, a slightly positive, uh, I think feel to that statement. I think it could be spun as positive. However, when you consider the quality of the back half of season four, fitting probably is not a positive. That's right. Yeah. It's, it, it sounds like a compliment, but it's not. It's one of those backhanded, underhanded compliments or whatever you call them. Yeah, which I'm normally terrible at. <laughs> you nailed it on this one, man. Yeah, usually when I try a backhanded compliment, I just say, hey, you look like shit. Oh, I meant that to be a compliment. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, I got that wrong. You look like shit. No. Let me try that again. <laughs> you look like shit. Oh, you're terrible at this. I'm terrible at it. It worked this time, though. I don't think this was a great episode. I'm, I'm afraid it, it wasn't as bad as some of the stuff we've seen this back half, uh, but it just overall wasn't that great. And it, it suffered from all the same problems that this show has had for the last eight episodes. Uh, people doing dumb things, too many coincidences, weak writing, characters with unbelievable plot armor, unclear motivations amongst the characters. Like, all these things that just add up to kind of a letdown. You know what I mean? You, you know who had clear motivations? Who? Jimbo. His motivations were very clear in this episode. Uh, that's true. And in a way, you could say Jimbo had clear motivations the whole time. All the dude wanted to do was drink beer. I found that annoying. Uh, not drink beer, make beer. I found yeah. it super annoying. But at least you understood the guy. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, you know, it saved the day in the end. Well, it saved the day in the end, um, but I'm telling you, if all that beer buildup was simply so we'd have the connection to alcohol saving the day in this episode, I don't think it was worth it. No. I don't think it was worth it at all. But let's start at the beginning. I want to talk about the cold open to this episode. This is where we find out what happened to Al, basically how she got out of the hospital, where she hid out, what happened to her, and ultimately how she found her way back to the group, <laughs> in a way. Right. Um, her Right at the beginning, we saw her escaping from the zombies down an alley. And I actually kind of thought this scene was was pretty good. It was a little bit tense. She was getting boxed in. I know she sort of just escaped through a random door in the building, but... Random doors exist, and you can escape through them sometimes. Well, yeah, I mean, it's TV, right? Or TV and movies, random doors exist for uh, for going through. Especially in alleys, right? They're always there. If you, if you run down an alley being pursued by the bad guy, and you come to a fence, often, well, I don't know why there's a fence there. I don't, I don't know how many alleys I've looked down that have fences in them, but it's probably a thing. Uh, but often there is a door. You look sideways, you look the other way, oh, a door, I can run through that. The only time there isn't a door is when you're Peter Parker and you're transitioning into Spider-Man and then you end up climbing the wall. It, that's all, that's different. I mean, you're Spider-Man, you yeah. can climb the wall. But that's the only time you're, where there isn't a door. Right. So, or plot. You know, sometimes the plot says there's no door. I guess so. But I liked this scene with Al. I thought it was pretty good and it, it was just fun watching her get away. And honestly, it reminded me a little bit of all the way back in The Walking Dead premiere like pilot mm -hmm. episode when 
when Rick is escaping down an alley in Atlanta. I don't know why I thought of that, but it sort of reminded me of that, and it reminded me of better times, <laughs> or at least better show back then, right. you know? Yeah. Uh, so that was okay. But then things from there just start, sort of go weird. She finds this police car, which of course has a walkie-talkie in it. There are there are walkie-talkies abound in this universe now, and and then she has all of a sudden magically has a shotgun. I guess we're supposed to assume that she got it out of the police car. Police cars have shotguns that are locked to the dashboard, so she met, had somehow acquired that. I I've got seven problems with uh, her in this police car. Well, I mean the fact that they're usually locked to the dashboard, I can I could get by because it is the zombie apocalypse. You might unlock your shotgun for quick access, right? My problem and take it with you and take it with you probably. But if you have to abandon or if you're killed or whatever and you wander away as a zombie, you wouldn't take it with you. My problem with it is it just all they needed was a half second shot of the interior of that car showing the shotgun. And then when you cut to the next scene and she's brandishing it, it makes sense. And right. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense without that scene, but it just feels weird and it feels sort of out of nowhere. Right. But I guess yeah. we're just supposed to believe that there's a shotgun in the police car. Maybe every single police car in Texas has a shotgun. In it. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised about that either, but they're usually pretty careful about, uh, you know, making sure they're securely locked to the dashboard. Uh, she broke into that car, uh, the radio, how long has it been since the zombie apocalypse started? Well, that's up for a year? Deba debate a little bit. No, it's more than a year because Morgan's okay. there. It's at least right. three, two, it's at least two years. All right. So the radio still worked. The handheld radio had still had batteries. Uh, the car's battery still worked. Car still had gas that was still working. She was able to get the shotgun off of the dashboard. Uh, let's assume the police officer turned into a zombie and wandered away and dropped his keys. Let's just not secured to his utility belt, but actually dropped his keys so she could get that. Uh, the flashlight on the, uh, on the shotgun worked. <clears throat> she picked it up and did not check and see how many rounds were in it. Well, we didn't even see her pick it up is what I'm saying. It's just, oh, but, Later on, she uses the shotgun and is surprised that it only has two rounds. Uh -huh. I'm going to recommend that when you pick up a shotgun, you check and see, A, if it's loaded, and B, how many. If it is loaded, find out how many. And I don't know if you know this, but if your shotgun is out of ammo, it makes a pretty good club. Like, it's a, it's a big piece of metal with a piece of, uh, with a piece of maple stuck to it. Or, you know, tough plastic, depending on the type of shotgun. But uh, if you're, you know, if you're shooting a shotgun and you're in close quarters and you run out of bullets, don't stand there like an idiot. Use it as a club. It's a great club. It's a better club than uh, Martha used at uh, her hollow aluminum tube that she had. Right. It's a better club than that, I can tell you. Right. Well, that that's sort of the next thing in that, that happens. We encounter martha or at least al does oh i also thought that hot wiring cars seem super easy in this episode we saw al do it we saw uh, morgan do it and do you think it's that easy in real life to i think that in after two years in the zombie apocalypse you learn what cars you can hot wire and how to do it and uh yeah you just go ahead and assume that the batteries still have charge after a couple of years of just sitting there uh, you know, spoiler alert, they don't. Sure. And the gas works. 
Yeah, you know, yeah. And there's gas in the car and it hasn't been siphoned out by somebody else. Sure, sure. We, but I mean, that is. I don't know how to hotwire a car. People seem to hotwire cars. It always looks easy. So I assume it's easy. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe some cars it's easy, some cars it isn't, but it's just, it's so convenient. Every vehicle they come across, touch two wires together and the engine starts. Like, <laughs> that just feels lame to me. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's truth, real, uh, true to real life. I don't know. Well, the whole point is, you know, to, to get the starter moving, you have to have an electrical current. In order to have electrical current, you have to have an electrical circuit. All they're doing is touching two wires to make it the electric, the proper electrical circuit to start the car. Mm-hmm. It's probably a little more complex than that, but that's the uh, the simple version, I would assume. And, you know, I'm not saying that uh, they should make it look difficult to hotwire cars, because that wouldn't be compelling TV either, necessarily. I'm saying that maybe they shouldn't have hotwiring cars at all. Maybe there's a better way to, you know, explain that that a character has found a vehicle that they can drive away. Even what right. you said, the cop turned into a zombie, dropped his keys as he walked away. I'd yeah. buy that more than just jump in the car, touch two wires together, and it starts right up. Well, I assume that uh, even police officers put their spare keys in the visor. Well, or that. Or the, right. yeah, that's so, the other so the shotgun and the car. Sure. That's the other thing. Throw the, throw the keys up there. They're always there. I don't know. Uh, so we, we get Martha and she's got Jim on her zombie stick. Uh, you know, I got a problem with this too. Well, the whole scene. Sorry, do I, do I want to, do I want to nitpick this much? Have you ever walked a dog? Lots of times. I don't own on one, a leash. But I, You've I, walked a dog on a leash? Plenty of Have times. Have you ever walked a dog on a leash when it's trying to, uh, it's extremely agitated and wants to eat another dog? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Have you ever walked a dog when it saw a squirrel and tried to chase after it? Yes. Okay. When you're standing there, you're standing there with a leash and the dog is barking and yelling and, and screaming and trying to get at whatever it is it wants to get at, whether it's another dog, a person, or a squirrel, or what have you. That dog pulling on that leash, do you does it take everything you have to hold that dog back? Uh, it depends on the dog, but it, it takes a fair bit, yeah. Okay, when it's trying to get away. Well, like it's trying to get away. Sure. It's not just standing there like a good-heeled dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's trying to get away. I get what you're saying. It takes some effort to keep that dog from pulling pulling away. Yeah, and so Martha was standing there, casually holding onto this pole while Zombie Jimbo was... Uh, trying to gnash his way into Althea and he wasn't tugging on that pole at all. <laughs> it's funny. The stuff you think of, like uh, I, that never occurred to me, but I, I get it. Yeah. Like he'd be, he might be hard to handle at that point. Cause he really wants to get it out. Yeah. She'd, she'd be like, it would take, you know, it's 160 pound man zombified granted. Uh, but he's, you know, pulling on this pole. And as soon as she let go of the strap, he, he went, right? Like, he, he went like oh. he was pulling the whole time, but he absolutely was not. Right. She was just way too casual holding on to that thing. Yeah, sure. I don't know. She has plenty of practice doing it, so maybe she's a 20,000-hour expert at zombie pole work. I don't know. Yeah, and she's got uh, muscles of steel. Muscles like of steel. absolute just, you know, uh, made out of rope. Well... Muscles just made out of rope. The The biggest problem with this scene was just the 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 level of plot armor that Martha has in this scene because there is there is almost no reason 
for Al not to just pull that trigger, blow Jim's head off and shoot straight through to Martha and put her out of her misery. But Al does not do that. And it's it's because she asks her this questions, questions about what happened to her truck, what happened to her friends. Like, are we supposed to believe that she didn't kill Martha in this scene because she really needs these answers? I mean, maybe, but I, but, but thinking that to myself, I feel like I'm making excuses for this scene where there shouldn't be any, I'll just should have pulled the damn trigger. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to pull a trigger, right? Well, that I, I get that too. That's the only other thing I can think of, regardless of the situation, it should be difficult to kill another human being, right? That should not yeah. be an easy thing. But number one, it's the zombie apocalypse. You are you are directly threatened by her. Number two, she is the villain. She's been trying to kill you for a while now. And 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 part of me thinks even with all that, it's, it shouldn't be easy to, to murder someone. But in the world of this show and yeah. in this situation, it struck me as false that Al wouldn't just do it. Oh, I would have shot Jimbo right in the face and taken him out of the equation early. Yeah, even if you just kill Jimbo, right? You you eliminate that threat, and then it's just you and the other living person, and the whole dynamic changes. Like that would have made for a more interesting scene, even I think. Yeah, and then and then uh, you know, the assumption is when you have a loaded weapon and you're pointing it at somebody and you ask them a question, they answer, right? Yeah, they're they're supposed to. That's the idea. <laughs> It's, it's, it's for Althea, it's a better way to get questions answered than pointing a camera at somebody. I suppose it probably is. Yeah. I mean, you might got, not get the answers you want, but you're going to get answers. You point a camera at somebody, they're going to probably just get mad at you. I, I would. I'd be like, stop pointing that camera at me, you stupid person. But you're pointing a shotgun at me. I'm like, yeah, well, what would you like to know? Like, really, I'll tell you. Tell you anything, right? <laughs> yeah. What do you need? Sure. How can I help you? How can I help you? Not put point that shotgun at me anymore. I agree, uh, but it was a shotgun zombie standoff, and uh, zombie wins, I guess, in this case because Al is distracted for a second, and then to compound the ridiculousness, she's taken down by a whack to the face with a what was it? A some sort of metal pole? It was you an mentioned aluminum tube, right? Aluminum tube that I I was just like, come on. I, how am I supposed to get on board with this show when they give me stuff like this? I, I don't get it. I don't Mar understand. Martha attacked her with a curtain rod is basically how you should look at this. Yeah. You hit shotgun versus curtain rod. Fine. You hit me with a curtain rod. I'm not going to be happy about it. I'm probably not going to be knocked unconscious though. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, you, you might, it might take 60 or 70 blows and a half hour, mm -hmm. but it could happen. I guess. Certainly didn't. Three or four curtain rods, because you probably break the first one. Probably, yeah. You need a whole battery of curtain rods to do it. So I, I thought this was just dumb. And, and, and the whole point of it, I'm sitting there thinking, is maybe not in the moment, but as the episode went on, I'm like, well, obviously Martha had to still be alive. We couldn't have Martha die at the beginning because she she's important to this episode for other reasons. So, you know, keep her alive. Uh, for in the most ridiculous way possible. Yeah. Reminds uh, me of a joke. Let's, uh, let's hear it. Did you hear about that, uh, that guy that uh, walked into a convenience store and uh, murdered the clerk with a Nerf baseball bat? No, I didn't, Jason. Witnesses say the slang took nine hours. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> See, the funny thing is there's witnesses. 
The witnesses <laughs> say the slaying took nine uh, hours. Right. They stood around for nine hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of kind of what was going on here. And then, to top it all off, we get our title screen, which was fine. Nice, pretty flowers growing there. Uh, but Al just wakes up, and she's in her truck. And this was... Y- yada, yada, yada. Everybody's back together. They yada, yada over whatever happened there. Al's knocked unconscious, I guess. Martha just walks away and leaves her. And then everybody comes back and finds her, and happily ever after. For well, Martha planted her. To be fair... Uh, Althea refused to carry a message, so Martha took it upon herself to record a message, plant it on Althea while she was unconscious, and then plant her so that the others would find her. Knowing that they would find her for sure? Yes. Okay, fine. Because they said she was a carrier pigeon, and then they showed the uh, the footage of her giving the message. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I understand that, but, like, how does Martha know that they're going to come back to that very spot looking for her? Or did was there some sort of radio communication that we didn't hear or see? I don't know. I assume so. Martha seems to be tuned into all the radio frequencies. She really is. She always knows what's going on. Uh, this show should be called Fear the Walkie Talkie Dead because... Oh, that's funny. Nothing but walkie-talkies. I find that uh, very intellectually amusing. Oh, thank I'm you. I'm laughing on the inside. I'm sure you are. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about Morgan. I think I have a lot of notes here on Morgan. His whole arc here was that he wanted to go back and find Martha and help her and, and so on. And and I I think I do understand his need or his desire to help people. I mean, helping people is good. That's That's great. And I do think it's often the right thing to do if someone is in trouble or they just need help for some reason, you know, uh, the the good human being offers that help, right? Uh, But I have a hard time getting on board, I think, when it comes to to Martha for some reason, just because of her sort of past with them. And, you know, I don't really buy into Morgan's whole I-used-to-be-her attitude, and I recovered, you know, I don't think that means that he should see her as a potential case that he can he can fix or change and like bring back to the good side. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, Morgan just flip flops all over the place. Kill them all. Don't kill anybody ever. Kill yeah. some people sometimes, but then kill them all. But then don't kill anybody ever, no matter what. <laughs> no matter what. But, but what I think what I was trying to say is that Morgan used to be her, and that's fine. But I think if he was really smart, he would realize that the only person that uh, that that only the the individual is in charge of their their own destiny. I think, right? If she doesn't want to be changed, and she's not going to be changed, she's not going to be brought back from her current state of mind. Morgan came back uh, for a variety of reasons, and I suppose some of those were the people around him. Uh, but he had a whole community helping him out, and he had he had years or potentially years, maybe at least months of time with these people, right? They just met Martha. They don't know her from, you know, their own assholes. And he's ready to, like, do everything he can to bring her back. I just don't think it was... I just don't think it was a reasonable decision that anyone would make. You're either going to try to flee and escape her... Or do something to stop her from tormenting you. 
You're not going to go. Don't uh, don't overestimate or underestimate the spectrum of human emotions. Yeah. Right. Some people just want to help other people, but they are, but they do have to want to change. That reminds me of another joke. How many uh, psychotherapists does it take to screw in a light bulb? I don't know, Jason. How many psychotherapists does it take to screw in a light bulb? One, but the light bulb has to want to change. See, Martha doesn't want to change. And I think that's, that's clear that's to true. everybody except Morgan. So if the light bulb doesn't want to change, kill it. <laughs> like just, just outright murder it. Or get away from it. Like get in oh, yeah, the- Leave, leave. Get out of the dark room. Go to another room with more, you know, light bulbs at work. Right. Go to the working light bulb room. So, so I, I just don't follow Morgan's logic here. Uh, and, and, and that's key to this episode and this whole season arc you know you ha- i think to enjoy this you have to understand where morgan's coming from and it doesn't it doesn't work for me now all that being said i did enjoy the scene where morgan is chatting with john dory in the woods before morgan heads out uh to find martha mm-hmm. a lot of that i think was due to garrett dillahunt and john dory he has been amazing almost all the time in this. He was pretty good in this episode. This was uh, this was a delightful episode for John Dory. It was. It was for a lot of different reasons. The only John Dory bit I didn't like was the whole raft making debacle, of course. But he's good almost everywhere else. Um, although in this scene, John Dory asks Morgan why he has to go over uh, go after Martha, and Morgan's answer is because I do. Hmm. And I was like, that's not an answer. That's something a freaking six-year-old would say. Like, what kind of writing is that? Because I do? I mean, they're relying on us as the audience to apply meaning to that. But you just can't, I don't think. think. And I don't know, maybe that's my problem. But I thought it was a stupid answer. It is a stupid answer. But it is entirely within uh, the human spectrum of emotions to answer that kind of thing. Uh, Also, I would have accepted, I don't know. Right. I would have accepted that more. That's probably true. That's probably true. You know, I don't know. I I just do. It's like, why? I don't know. All right, then. How can I help? Well, yeah, fair (laughs) enough. I mean, sometimes it's difficult to to figure out your own motivations. I mean, I get that. But because I do, uh, it's just not an answer for me. But then John Dory made the metaphor about the fish. And I really did enjoy that part. It just shows how smart John is, I think. Uh, he says there are some fish that can't be caught, so you have to let, leave them be. And then, um, he turns, he turns it around and says, Morgan might be the fish. Yeah. But don't also don't underestimate the, uh, the, the, the ability of dynamite when you're going fishing. Like, you know, some fish don't take the bait. Very few fish can avoid dynamite. Sure. Uh, but I don't think that's really a fair fight when you're going fishing with dynamite. Well, no, well, fair fight. There's no fair fight even when you're fishing with a worm. I mean, you're tricking a dumb fish into eating something that's sharp and going to end up harming them. Sure. If not killing them. I suppose. It's not a fair fight. Uh, Yeah. Okay. You're right. <laughs> but dynamite just seems a little excessive. If you light a- It's not like you sit down with the fish and you go, okay, we're going to, you know, uh, we're going to play a game. Mm-hmm. If you win, you can go. Right? I mean, I guess there's horror movies made out of that too, but you know- yeah, it's 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 not a fair fight. Same with with hunting in general. It's not a fair fight. You don't give uh, you, you don't give a grouse a shotgun 
to defend itself so that you have a shotgun and the grouse has a shotgun. You know, you don't. You just, you find the grouse, you flush it out and you shoot it and your dog goes and fetches it for you. Yeah, that's very, very true. Um, you made me forget what I was going to say. Sorry, I derailed you. I apologize. <laughs> uh, so John Dory was talking about fishing. Yeah, I, I just, I just like the metaphor. I think this whole interaction between him and uh, Morgan, at least after Morgan delivered that because I do line. Uh, and I'm not saying um, Lenny James did a bad job. Lenny James always is great as an actor, but I think a lot of the material he had to work with here was not very good. Um, but I did think that the whole interaction about the fish and some of that, that felt pretty good to me and was sadly a rare example of, of better writing on the back half of this episode right. um, or, or this season and in this episode. Um, so that, so that was okay. Uh, he, another thing I liked is when Morgan gets to the police car and he finds zombie Jim in there, he doesn't really hesitate to kill him which I think was good. He pulls him out of the car, stabs him in the head, and he's down. And I I didn't need a whole emotional, sentimental thing here about, you know, killing his friend and how he had to leave him on the roof and how Jim saved them by jumping down onto the car and this and that. Uh, Morgan just got the job done. And I thought that was good. That was good. Right? Because sometimes you need to. And then he finds Martha face down in the dirt. So I guess this is why she's so dirty all the time. Oh, I hadn't realized that. Yeah, I, I figure yeah. she just goes and lies there face down. She's giving her dead husband a hug. I I guess so. And just, she does this often enough that the dirt is just smeared all over her face. And uh, that was that. Hmm. I guess. Um, she, you know, I, I, I started to get a little feeling here. And and also as they're in the police car driving away, that maybe the show almost convinced me for a second that maybe Morgan was doing the right thing here. And I think that's because she started to tell her story out loud when they're in the car. And to me, I started thinking, well, maybe this is what it takes. Maybe maybe she needs to say this stuff out loud. She'll hear what she's saying She'll remember her husband and she'll kind of come around to, to Morgan's side and, and she'll realize that I am the one in charge. I don't have to do this. I can change. I can maybe live with other people and you're not necessarily weak if you're helping each other. Um, and so I started thinking, wow, look at what the show's done. They've actually convinced me of this uh because not only was she relating her story but she seemed vulnerable in that moment as as right. a character and i thought maybe she was in fact willing to change and you know as a person you need to be willing to and realize you you can you can do it and so for a moment i was totally on board or i was slightly more on board but then it all fell apart again later <laughs> <laughs> well at least there was that uh, that moment for you well, yeah, exactly. But it it's it all it almost worked. It almost worked. Um but of course she she doesn't and she crashes the car by by grabbing Morgan's arm through the police window. Is there a word for that thing between the front and back seats in police cars? It's a window. Same as a taxi taxi barrier. Sure, one of those. Uh but she crashes the car and she's even crazier than than usual after that. 
Yeah, you toss if she's gonna take pills, you toss the bottle back there. You just like open the window, toss it back, close the close the window again. Yeah, you don't, don't reach back there. No. You no, know, you, you do that for your your two year old if you need to hand him his uh toy that he accidentally dropped. Sure. You know, and if you have to unbuckle your seatbelt and get up and then go into the back seat to hand him the toy while you're driving, you do it. But not when there's a crazy person in the back of the police car. No, not when there's a crazy person. Even if she's just starting to sound a little less crazy, don't take any chances, I think. That's right. Anything else about the car crash that, that I don't know, st- stood out to you? Was anybody wearing seatbelts? I don't recall seatbelts. No, she was kind of lying down in the back for a while, moaning and groaning. So uh, I don't think there were any seatbelts involved. Okay, that's fine. Everybody's fine. They crashed into a, you know, piece of brick or a piece of uh, granite. Mm-hmm. That's fine. They're they're fine. I mean, the car no, was no, pretty destroyed. No injuries. Well, Morgan had a piece of metal in his leg. Eh, you got over that. Yeah, and it seems like he's had a lot of leg injuries this season. He started the season with a leg injury, and the amount of limping that Lenny James has had to do in this this whole season is quite something. He seems to get repeated leg injuries. He got shot in the leg, remember? He did, yeah. Or early on. Yeah, he's fine. Don't worry about it. No, obviously it's not a big deal because he yanked it out and continued to walk. It, yeah, don't don't ever yank it out. Like, seriously, don't yank it out because it's probably plugging the blood from coming out. So if you do have to walk somewhere, you're better to just leave it in and try to walk with it in? Well, conventional wisdom is let oh. the surgeon take it out. Sure. Because they have extra blood there. Uh, you know, don't pull, if something's lodged in your body, don't pull it out. Go, go to a hospital, let somebody else take it out. But I guess if you're stuck on the side of the road and you got crashed by a, uh, by a crazy person in the back of the car and you got a thing stuck in your leg, I'd still be a little bit wary about pulling it out in any, you know, just to walk. I mean, you're not going to walk as much with it in as with it not in. Well, probably not walking him very far regardless. Yeah. Realistically, he was done for the day at that point. He was, he, yeah, yeah. Take the day off. You get something lodged in your leg there and there's no help and you're in the zombie apocalypse. You know, at least take the day. Sure. Uh, In real, in actual fact, he would not have been going anywhere with something that big stuck that deep in his leg. Uh, but you know, this is, this is, uh, Morgan. He's, he's superhuman in some ways. Uh, and, and he needed to continue moving cause he needed to save his friends. Um, but the whole leg injury kind of seemed unnecessary to me. It was the idea behind it was to slow him down, but I don't think it, we needed him to be slowed down cause we don't really know how far away he is from the truck stop anyways, where everyone is getting sick. I feel like it would have been just as believable for him to be out of contact with them and traveling on foot if he wasn't injured. I just don't see the the point of it. And then later on when he arrives at the truck stop, we're inside with everybody else and we hear him pull up in a truck, get out, and we hear him fight a bunch of zombies out there. You know, leg injury be damned. He's still a effective zombie killer out there even though he has this injury. So I I just didn't see the point of it. Like it wouldn't have changed the story. I don't think in any way if he had not had that injury. Right. Am I wrong about that? I don't know. No, you are not wrong. That injury was completely meaningless. 
yeah, I I don't know. Maybe maybe Lenny James really did have a leg injury, so he was limping all the time, and they just had to write it into the show. That's probably it. That'd be weird, but I mean, it could happen. I don't know. It could happen. Uh, but before he leaves, Mar- Morgan admits that she poisoned the water, and she admits that she did this before she even met them. So it's kind of a big coincidence that everyone drinks the water and they're suffering and Morgan has to get there to save them. It didn't bother, didn't bother me that much, but you know, why even have Martha reveal that? Just say, I poisoned the water with antifreeze and they're going to die and there's nothing you can do about it. Sucker. Right. Is you, you do anything about antifreeze poisoning? I looked it up. I read a whole bunch about it. Yeah. Cause I wanted to okay. see if they got it right. And it sounds like they did. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. But they they couldn't just say alcohol, they had to say ethanol, right? Right, until Morgan arrives and says it's a fancy word for al- alcohol, right? You think uh you'd think Strand would know. Oh, that's just alcohol. Let's get drunk. I guess. Yeah, you'd think so. And there's so. a whole tanker outside. But they didn't know yet that it was antifreeze. As soon and as soon as they found out June, who's the nurse, would know that the treatment for antifreeze ingestion is alcohol. Right. And I, honestly, I'm glad I know that now. That feels like the kind of thing that you need to know. So when you're when you're up out, you know, in the wilderness somewhere, and somebody there gets drunk and then accidentally drinks a bunch of uh, antifreeze, I guess if they're already drunk, it might can- cancel each other out. But you know, if you can't get to a hospital and you have a case of beer, at least you know what to do when someone drinks antifreeze. That seems oddly specific, and I'm sure it probably won't come up a lot. It's like when I was a kid, I thought that uh, quicksand would be a lot bigger of a problem in my life. Right. It really isn't. Uh, It's the kind of thing where you think, oh, geez, that's a good thing to know. Have you ever heard of anybody drinking antifreeze? Um, Accidentally or on purpose? Not, uh, no. I've heard of kids that have drank some things they shouldn't have, but not specifically antifreeze. Yeah. That's because it's not a, well, I suppose... It happens. Sure. You know, some kids go, oh, look at that big jug of purple Kool-Aid. stuff. Yeah, yeah, purple Kool-Aid. That must be delicious. And it probably is. I've heard of people poisoning cats with antifreeze. Oh, what's wrong they'll with just, people? I don't know. Don't. Uh, yeah. I, I can think of one specific person and it disturbs me to this day. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even see it. I just heard that he does this because he likes his birds so much and the cats go after his birds. So he puts out bowls of antifreeze to kill the cats. He's dead now, probably. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. So he got what's coming to him. Yeah, I mean, he died when he was 90, so, you know, screw him. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Still, poisoning cats, not cool, man. Yeah, it's not cool, man. But at least now I know that you can get a cat drunk if they're antifreeze poisoned. Yeah, I I have a feeling you'd probably have to uh, inject the cat with alcohol somehow rather than make it drink it, but... What do I know? I can't get cats to even look at something when I point at it, so, geez. Yeah, well, just, you know, write down this little solution, put it in your first aid kit that you take with you. If you uh-huh. happen to drink too much antifreeze, get drunk. Get drunk. No problem. All right. You know, use it as an excuse uh, for your family. I have to drink all of this beer because I had some antifreeze earlier and I need to counteract it or I'm going to die. Yep. God, I had to drink all the beer, I swear. I had to. It was a life or death situation. <laughs> it was. I mean, I, you know, I had no other option. All that beer had to disappear. That's right. Okay. So Morgan is strangling Martha for a minute before he, he moves on. And again, I really thought, oh man, he's going to kill her. It's going to be great. 
but he doesn't. And here, I actually liked the fact that he didn't kill her and um, uh, and the reasons for him not doing it. What we see is a bunch of flashes of all of his friends. This is flashing through Morgan's mind as he's got his hands around Martha's neck. And the final series of flashes, I think there were kind of three groups. To me, it looked like his friends were supposed to be dead. Like, I think there was a shot of Strand and Strand looked dead. And he suddenly realizes that, oh my God, if I can't save them, they're all going to be dead. And I'm about to kill Martha, who is the responsible for this. And if everyone dies, I'm going to be alone. I think, I think is what I took away from it. And Morgan doesn't want to be alone. I can, I can see that now in him. That's why he's sort of, that, that's a, been a bit of his arc for this season, I think. He kind of yeah, wanted to be- flip-flopping on that, that issue, too. Yeah, that's I true. I don't want to be alone. Oh, I have to absolutely leave and not, and be alone by myself. Uh-huh. Because I was with people before, and I don't like that because I was alone before that. Yeah. And uh, I didn't like that, ultimately, too, because I had people and- he just keeps flip-flopping on everything. He does. But he is a completely inconsistent character. Right. And do you think that's because this character has been handled by so many different writers and showrunners and situations? Like, he's the, he came over from Walking Dead. Now, to be fair, he, he was kind of inconsistent there as well. But then oh, he yeah. comes here, and it just gets even worse. So, I, it seems to be a problem specifically with the character of Morgan. Yeah. He's all over the place. So I, I don't know. I, I, I will say that by the end of this episode, I feel like he's settled in a little bit, but again, anything could happen next season. <laughs> so Yeah. He could be alone and want to kill everybody, but then not want to be alone and never kill anybody. Right. Again. Right. There's so many permutations of all the aspects of his personality and he just cycles through all of them. Yeah. Uh, how about John, Dory, and June having their little conversation at the truck stop, Jason? That's the best part of the episode. Highlight. By, like, by far. By far. By far. Uh, what did you like about it so much? I liked the chemistry between, uh, whatever her name is, June, whoever the, the actress is, what's her name? Um, I forget right now, Dar but. Dharma. Dharma, yeah. Uh, whatever. So the chemistry between them two, because, you know, she's saying I didn't I didn't know who I was and I didn't want you to know who I was. And he's and then he says the line, it doesn't take a whole day to recognize sunshine. Like you don't have to wait for the end of the day to realize that it's been sunny all day. Yeah. And like this dude. And then she melts. She just she just bubbles and melts and it was it was absolutely delightful. I want these two people in a TV show and that's it. Really? Yeah. Her name is Jenna Elfman and you're right. I absolutely thought this was a fantastic scene. It's amazing that the best parts of this series of 8 episodes was the whole episode about the two of them and then this scene. Like they have amazing chemistry together. John Dory is the most romantic man in the history of life on earth, I think. Oh yeah. Right. He, he says, well, as you said, I know you, it doesn't take a whole day to recognize sunshine. I think I'm in love with him. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And then, then Jenna Elfman does that little bubbly thing where she can't, yeah. uh, she just, she can't contain herself. The whole thing was delightful. It was fantastic. They kiss, of course, we get the big kiss between the two of them and it was so good. Uh, these two, I'm telling you, 
they forget making Morgan the lead of this show. Make these two the co-leads of season five. I feel like you can't go wrong if that's the case. Something about John Dory inspires these writers. And, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know why. Maybe they're just really good sort of romance writers, but it works. And he does it so well and she does it well. It was my favorite scene of the episode, too. Yeah, absolutely. Really good. Uh, now, everybody else in the truck stop, um, did it occur to you that, like, they're poisoned by antifreeze? I guess we're supposed to believe that there's not a single beer in all of those fridges behind them? Well, they were all too dumb to know what ethanol was before Morgan showed up and said, that's a fancy word for beer. It's like, well, no, it's not, really. Well, it's, but June it's a is a type of alcohol. I mean, if they would have had rubbing alcohol, that might have worked as well. June is supposed not the greatest, but maybe not. Work, maybe, but June is supposed to know this, right? The second she finds out it's antifreeze, she says the treatment is ethanol. She doesn't know. I mean, I I figure we're just supposed to believe that there isn't any beer in there. There's none, right? So they don't have it's any. A, it's a truck stop. There's beer. Well, but maybe it's right? all been removed or picked clean or whatever. It's a truck stop that has been specifically stocked to give people coffee and blankets and so that they can brush their teeth and god damn it put some beer in the fridge yes i think you're absolutely right but for some reason the show didn't go there there are no less than five neon beer signs up around those on those walls uh but no beer i guess because they, but they have a truckload full of ethanol that starts to slowly spill, and so they all give up. Uh, yes, um, it just—I don't know—it emptied. Oh in no, seconds. that tanker truck is leaking slowly, and there's only seven of us. However, how how are we ever going to be able to drink it all? Because they got to drink it all. If you lose any at all, it's worthless. No, I mean there's a few bullet holes in the truck. It's sort of spewing out. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Strand was standing there with a container. The idea was to fill up a container and bring it back inside. He couldn't just put that container under one of the spouts from a bullet hole? like yeah, morons. I don't... I, this is what I mean. Like, it's, it's so lazy. They wanted this awesome scene where Al opens fire on all the zombies. That's great. They wanted them to lose their ethanol somehow, their supply, so that Morgan could save the day in a later scene that's fine that's okay i mean do that but to come up with this as the reason they lose it like five bullet holes in the side of a giant tanker truck that thing would be spewing out of there for hours probably yeah it's probably like four days later and that stuff's still trickling out and even if there isn't any like suck a bit off the ground you know if your life depends on it that's what barney would do from the simpsons for sure (laughs) If he had a tanker truck full of ethanol, he'd lie down and just let it pour into his mouth. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just like, no, they just walk back inside and be like, oh, well, it's on the ground now. I guess we can't do anything. <laughs> I guess we're yeah. going to die. I don't know. Oh, no, it's contaminated by bullets. Right. I, that's it. All of us just have to lie down and die. So dumb, 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 and lazy. Uh, You know, this stupid scenario they came up with to create more what's supposed to be tension, but you're just taken out of it because it makes no sense. Uh, That being said, the plan to get the ethanol from the truck, I didn't mind. I enjoyed watching the team work together. You know, 
Jay John Dory was was gunslinging. He was shooting. He looked co- cool. Uh, Alicia was using the ugly stick pretty effectively was good. They were executing this plan together. And I've said it before. I like seeing a plan come together. I like seeing people work together. So that was all good. It just went off the rails so badly at the end, storytelling wise, that it kind of ruined the whole thing for me. Yep. So that's it. Uh, Strand, though, does have the best line of single line of the episode, Jason. What? Uh, the I As soon as I stop drinking something? He, something? he said, just when I stop trying to drink myself to death, I succeed. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's pretty good. I mean, it's a bit cheesy, but good God, I'll take it uh, from (laughs) at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, It did come during a montage of quote unquote final lines, though. We, We cut to a lot of the characters as they're lying on the ground or whatever. And Alicia says, I thought I'd get a second chance. Charlie says, at least I got to see the beach. Luciana says something about making up for what they did. It's all these kind of like final lines before we die. Uh, um, I've always loved you. Right. All these sorts of things. Yeah. Which is a great line from the Blues Brothers. You've seen the Blues Brothers movie. Uh, yeah, I think so. It's been a long time. The Illinois time. Nazis, the end where the, the car with the two Nazis fall into a pit that they start flying way up in the air for some reason and then they're falling to their death and one guy turns to the other and says I've always loved you I should watch that movie again I don't recall you should watch that movie every day is what you should do that's an awesome movie I don't think I have time for that <laughs> make time okay sorry uh, and then of course they're saved when Morgan drives up and he's got a truck of Jim's beer yep. Augie's ale Jimbo's beer bows. Yeah. To the rescue. Hoggy's Ale's a better name, in my opinion. Um, it is. But the whole thing was just too poetic. Is that the word? I don't know. To have Jim die, and then Morgan says he made a stop along the way, which we never saw. We just saw him walking and driving. Nah, and it's all again. exposition. The whole thing has been exposition. It's just people talking about stuff they did. And stuff that happened. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> stuff they did and stuff that happened. That's it. So, you know, it just all wraps up nicely, comes together with a neat little bow, and none of it had any sense behind it. And, you know, I, I just couldn't get on board. So, Okay, to be fair, talking about stuff they did and stuff that they're going to do and stuff that's happening, and that being the whole show, I like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can, uh, Sherlock, not Sherlock, uh, Elementary or House, or there's a whole host of shows that I like specifically because nothing happens. They just talk about stuff that they did or that they're going to do. Or, you know, in the case of Elementary, uh, they wake up in the morning and Sherlock tells uh, Joan Watson how he solved the crime while she was asleep. I thought of this. I thought of this. I did that. I did this. And that everything's solved. And it's great. It works. I guess for that you need um, really solid, compelling writing and 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 situations that, or or explanations. If someone's going to explain something to you, it needs to at least be interesting yeah. and make sense. It took me five seasons to realize nothing happens in that show. They just, they just talk about the shit that they do. Well, fine, that's that's fair. Off screen, <laughs> and if it's good, that's great. But unfortunately, on Fear the Walking Dead this season, it hasn't been good. <laughs> right. So I don't know. Uh, and, and I guess we just need to talk about the end here a little bit. They, 
decide or Morgan decides not to go back to Alexandria, even though it seems like everybody else wants to do that. And in a way, it makes a lot of sense, like go where there there are people. Um, Instead, he decides to stay where they are, move into a denim factory or a former Mm -hmm. denim factory. And this is where Polar Bear, the guy who started the mile marker box system, was based out of. Um, so they're going to move in there and they're going to basically start a community and make it their life's goal to help people, to find people and help them. Yeah. Uh, and- I mean, if you're going to do, if you're going to do that, a denim factory is a great, what great place to do that. You know, there's probably sewing machines in there. You could make denim blankets, den- denim tent- tents, denim, uh, pillowcases, uh, you know, whatever you, a denim coat, a cape, a denim cape. I think this is a great idea. Okay, but does it not feel a little samey-same for The Walking Dead? They're going to move in somewhere, set up this safe community. Uh, they'll be fine for a while, and then everything, then something something or someone bad is going to show up, and it's all going to go to shit from there. Not this time. This time, everything's going to work out great. Is it? Okay, good. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, this time, this is this is... This is going to be good. This is going to be excellent. They're not going to have too many problems at all. It's going to be the wonderful, wonderful world of denim for uh, the whole next season. Okay, mm-hmm. it's going to be an, it's going to be a, a you know a prospectus on uh, what can be made out of sheets of uh, you know jeans. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could probably make a lot of things. It's a durable yeah. material, you know. I think it's great. You can make a tent. Yeah. Or a blanket. As you said. It'd be a good blanket. You could probably list off a lot of things you could make. Um, but, you know, I, I, it's pretty wide open where the show can go from here. And I, in one way, I, I'm glad it wasn't a cliffhanger. There's no cliffhanger here at all. They wrapped up these storylines and they said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to move into this place and we're going to make... Uh, a life here and we're going to help people. Even Al was on board um, when she said that uh, we can use my tapes to go out and find these people that I've recorded. So we have a real use for her tapes now, which I was, I was good with. Um, And so that's that. But on the other hand, I'm like, oh man, I mean, now I'm sort of curious about what's going to happen, which I guess is a good thing. So you know, leave them wanting more. Bring me back to the show. Sure. I I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a, it's a wide open end, but it, at least it was an ending and I'll give them that. It did feel like for all the trials and tribulations of, of the second half of season four, we ended up with something that felt like an ending and we could move on from here. Maybe. Right. I hope. Uh, so, I don't know. I wasn't really happy with the episode. It wasn't the worst thing we saw in the back half of the season, uh, but it wasn't great, I'm afraid. And I just hope they can get it together for season five and and deliver something that's awesome. So any other thoughts on this this, uh, season episode or the season as a whole, Mr. Miles? Well, I have a question. Sure. Have you ever been in the back of a police car? I have not, thankfully. Me neither. Do you think it's hard to get out of the back of a police car? I think it's supposed to be kind of difficult to get out of the back of a police car. Yeah, that's the idea. After the crash, how did Martha get out of the back of the police car? Well, maybe 
Maybe Morgan didn't have the criminal locks on. You think that's a thing? Yeah. I you think mean, it's like child locks. You just open the door and you go click. Okay. I'm going to throw you in this police car, but I'll let you, you know, have control of the door handles so that you can get out. Do they have door handles on the inside of the back of a police car? I don't think they do because I bet you if they had a door handle that didn't work on the inside of a back of a police car, it'd get broken. Like day one, somebody would break that handle trying to get out of the car. Uh, you're probably right. The, you you can probably only open those doors from the outside. Although that seems a little unsafe. Like if that car crashes and is on fire, you're stuck in there. Yeah, that's fine. They're in handcuffs too. What are you going to do? You got to take the good with the bad. You take you take a chance. They have special seats that are uh, hard plastic that have a uh, a groove in the back so that it will fit a person wearing handcuffs behind their back. Okay, right? but like they thought of this shit. Yeah, but, you know, if the car's in an accident, there's probably a button in the myriad of uh, buttons and switches in a police car that unlocks the back doors so that they, uh, they can get out, I assume. Or maybe when the airbags go off, the doors automatically unlock. Well, maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying that it seems like it would be some sort of weird human rights violation to have a an inescapable car in, in an emergency. I don't know. All right. Well, we need... A police officer to get back to us. Any if there's cop- any police officers out there, let us know how the hell Martha got out of there. And let me know how Althea got that shotgun, too, because, damn it, that seems weird. Uh, I'm telling you, the shotgun probably wasn't locked to the dashboard. I think the police car door question is is a much more interesting one. Yeah. Uh, speaking I'm, of- I'm a little surprised I haven't been in the back of a police car. Oh, wait, I have. I wasn't under arrest though. Uh, I was working. Uh, I was w- working with this other guy. We were at Oktoberfest, but we were working Oktoberfest, and he was speeding along the Don Valley Parkway when on our way home, and the police pulled us over, and he smelled beer because we were at Oktoberfest. We stank like beer a lot. Uh-huh. Neither of us had been working or drinking because we had been working, so they didn't have a breathalyzer in the car. So they had they hauled him off to the police station, and since I was the passenger, they put me in the back of the police car and just drove me home. Well, that's nice of them. It was nice of them. You know what are they going to do? Leave me on the highway? Uh, no, right? they got to get me off the highway, and I lived just off the highways, so it was fine. And then he blew the breathalyzer. You know, an hour later, and it was clean. He's like, I never, never had somebody smell that much of alcohol and blew clean on a, on a breathalyzer before. That's funny. Well, you were at Oktoberfest. We were working, yeah, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so that, that's the only time I've ever been in the back of a police car. I guess you didn't try to escape, so you don't know if there are door handles there. And we didn't get into an accident either. But you know, to right. be honest, he didn't reach through the window. To hand me something? If he had, I might have yanked on it and got us into an accident. Right, because that's what you do, right? Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of cars on fire, just the other day I uh, was driving somewhere and I saw a Lamborghini on fire. It was crazy. Mm. It looked like the back end had exploded and had clearly been on fire because it was all charred up and there was a fire truck there and they were hooking it up to a tow truck. But I was like, Sounds expensive. what do you got to do to light your Lamborghini on fire or make it explode? Probably not much. I don't know. They're I mean, finely tuned automobiles, and they probably don't have a lot of tolerance for uh, issues. I know, but it's such a powerful engine. Like, it, can you, can you? Well, then it f- would fly apart. You know, something's off, and it's such a powerful engine that it just flies apart. Okay, maybe. Poor maintenance is what you're saying. Yeah, I would blame the guy driving the car and not the actual engineering of the product. Oh. Lamborghinis are, you know. 
you're probably right, but that's what I mean. Like, what do you have to do to, how do you have to drive that car to make it explode unless there's something else wrong? I don't, I don't know. It might've been one of those things where, uh, it, uh, he was driving along and the light lit up on the, uh, on the dashboard saying add oil. So he opened up the engine compartment and poured oil all over it, closed it down and then started driving away. Yeah, <laughs> sure. And then it exploded and light, lit on fire. It's his own damn fault. It's the only explanation. It was kind of exciting, though, to see this white Lamborghini all charred up. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Anyways, that is uh, an aside we didn't need to take. So let's do a quick break and come back and do some listener feedback. Stay with us. Listener feedback. We are going to start our listener feedback segment here, Jason, with a call from our friend Anwen. Hi, Chris and Jason. It's Anwen here. A uh, couple of thoughts about um, this week. <sighs> um, okay, so I can suspend the disbelief about cars and batteries and things in this in the zombie apocalypse. Every time they start a car and it goes and it's got petrol, it hasn't degraded, I just think, okay, it serves the story, it's fine, I can get past it. But I just continue to find it hard to believe that the characters are doing such stupid things. Um, Why didn't they lead the walkers around the back of the building when they were trying to get out of the depot? Um, Why would Morgan open the sliding screen in the police car to hand Martha the drugs when he's driving at speed? Like, they just should know better than this at this stage in the apocalypse. Why does everyone do what Morgan says to do, even though he's already always doing really dumb stuff? And I know the answer to that one. It's because he's supposed to be the lead of the show, so the answer really is Gimple. Um, All that ethanol leaking out, I just thought that was just... It was so dumb that I couldn't actually even understand what was supposed to be happening. And for the first time in a very long time, I had to rewind and see what was going on. They just watched it leak out. I refuse to believe there wasn't even a cup's worth in the very bottom of that tank that they could have siphoned off. Um, And if, if June knows that alcohol is an antidote, surely there was a stash of it at the depot. She's a nurse. She would have understood that. Um, maybe even drinking the hand sanitizer might have worked for a bit. A gulp of that each could have had an effect if it was ethanol-based. Okay, so that's my rant about that over. But the other thing I wanted to talk about was last week, Chris, you said that you couldn't understand why the beer was so important and you were frustrated at the fact that they spent all this time, even though they were struggling with zombies all around them to write down the recipe and um, that was that had so much emphasis put on it and my theory on that actually is that in this case when it's all about survival and trying to find your next meal and so on I do think that human beings in general try to find meaning and even in 
really impossible situations where survival is, is basic. There's got to be something that else that keeps you going. There's got to be something that gives you your life meaning or purpose. And I, that's what I think the bear serves in this particular episode and probably actually in this last half season, really. Um, and the other reason for getting the recipe for bear or any recipe, even a basic recipe for bear, is that bear does not last or keep like wine does. After six to 12 months, it does degenerate um, in, in a bottle or can. And it doesn't go bad. It just doesn't taste very good after that. So that's another good reason for finding the bear recipe. Anyway, those are my thoughts. Uh, overall disappointed in the last half of this season. I liked the first half. It was a great setup, and I think it kind of fizzled. So looking forward to the main show coming back next week and to hearing your thoughts about it. Bye. Bye, Anwen. Thanks for that call. I think for the first time in, in history, Jason, I actually didn't listen to her call before I put it in here. I just figured it's Anwen. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it. Nice. Um, and it sort of came in late, so I just popped it in. Uh, but she covered a lot of the same things sort of in her, her rant, early rant there about, about the episode, um, that, that we've already talked about, um, characters doing dumb stuff, things like that. And, uh, why are they following Morgan when he seems to be just crazy? And the reason is he's the lead of the show now. So they have to do that. Right. Because, because the script says so. Yeah, exactly. I hate that. So wait, beer goes bad. Yeah, beer does go bad. Yeah, beer can be skunky. That's what we call it here in Canada. <laughs> well, I've heard of skunky beer. I didn't know it was because it went bad after over time. I just thought, I, I don't know what I thought really. Yeah, I, I think. Are you telling me that the beer I have in the back of my fridge that's been there since about the Christmas before last, I shouldn't drink? Well, I mean, I don't think you were going to anyways, but why don't you give I it a try? Have, I could have drank that. Well, you still can give it a try. It won't hurt you. It just might not taste very good. It doesn't taste very good, even if it's not skunky. Well, that's your problem right there. Oh, uh, now I got to get rid of the beer and go buy another one. You're just you're just wrong. Uh, someone once told me that beer is usually packaged in dark brown bottles because light is one of the things that uh, causes beer to go bad quickly. So if you put it in a clear bottle, it gets too much light and it goes Man, skunky quicker. It's a Corona. Well, then you're screwed doubly. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> now I have to go buy something else. What if I bought a can? I'll buy a can of beer next time. Okay, go for it. Uh, Maybe I'll drink that next Christmas. Why not? Probably not, though. Uh, but beer is what gives uh, gives characters a purpose, is I think what Anwen was saying. That's the whole point of having the beer and having, you know, something to strive for and something to live for. And, and I get that. That makes sense. Uh, but, and, and I'm, I'm even okay with the idea. I think that it is beer. It just, it was so heavily hammered in just all the discussions about it and the recipe and then having beer save the day at the end, it, it was overdone for me and I, I just couldn't take it anymore so i how do you think they handled uh the underage drinking thing with charlie oh i think that was great i think that was hilarious number one it involved june and john dory as her like new parents and they were delightful again they were hilarious and uh you know charlie could suck back a beer it looked like Well, it's weird that they would still show that on TV. I mean, I would expect that they would just skip over it. Like just, okay, oh, the beer is here. And then later on, you know, six months from now, somebody might go, 
what about Charlie? Did she have beer? She's not old enough to drink beer. They didn't show that on TV, but they did show it and they did address it. And I'm a little surprised. Well, I, I don't know what the rules are around showing that kind of thing. I mean, maybe are you not usually allowed to show underage drinking? I think, I don't think that's no, a you're, thing. In Canada, you're not allowed to show drinking. Nobody uh, drinks alcohol in commercials in Canada. On TV, people don't drink beer or anything. In a TV show, you can. In a commercial, you can't actually show the, the beer being consumed. I get that. But in a TV show, you can. Clearly, it was done last night or uh, two nights ago. And I'm I'm pretty sure even in Canadian TV shows, you can show them taking a sip of beer. Uh, but underage, I don't know. I don't know. Well, well I would think not. I don't know, but I mean, I Maybe don't. it's because they addressed it in this way that the censors went, okay, they're making a joke out of it. Well, number one, she's doing it because she's poisoned. I mean, she doesn't drink that beer and she dies. That's fairly significant. And you're right. They addressed it in this funny way. Um, John Dory says that don't go getting poisoned again until you're 21. <laughs> right. <laughs> Super funny. I love that guy so much. Yeah. And, you know. That was an, another good, well-written scene, too. And so uh, that was really awesome. All right. Next up is a call from Designer Will. Hey, guys. Designer Will with feedback for I Lose Myself. I have kind of a lot of comments to make here, so I'll try to make them fast. Uh, first, we have the not-so-jelly-leg Jim. That just seems sloppy. I mean, as the, an audience member, I was fully expecting him to not be able to walk around based on what Jim said before he jumped off the roof. Then there was the weird tropey part where Al has a casual conversation with the villain and then acts surprised when she's attacked by the villain. Morgan choosing to save Martha was weird. I, I get that we had to have a conflict, but I would have rather him just go back and try to kill her or somebody else in the group for that matter. Nothing like a five or ten mile hike to walk off a major leg injury like Morgan's. <laughs> then when Al shoots the ethanol tanker, I thought that was the solution for Strand being unable to open it. Um, I thought they'd toss a container underneath the, the leaking ethanol so they could drink it, but no, they just watch it leak out. Uh, that probably would have leaked for like an hour before it had run out. Oh, then there's the Alexandria bait and switch. Here I was excited to see the group go somewhere, maybe meet some new people. Um, but then they're like, nah, we'll just stay on this boring old road in the middle of nowhere, laying boxes on the side of the road. I think if we knew that was the plan all along, I don't know how much of us would have watched the rest of the season. Because it was a finale, I thought it would be exciting or a payoff or have some big reveal. Honestly, did none of that. Now, to end on a high note, I will say there was one part I really liked, and I thought it was well executed from a technical standpoint, and that was the dramatic part right after Morgan um, is in the crash and he realizes the group has been poisoned. There's this whole feeling of despair, and I thought the cuts and the music and everything just really injected some suspense there. I thought that was really well done. But unfortunately, I don't think that's enough lipstick to put on this pig of an episode. <laughs> Sorry about that. Thanks, guys. Uh, thank you, Will. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to be too super negative here with everyone's reactions, but same sort of stuff here. Um, but I do agree that the scene right immediately following the car wreck where he's waking up in the car, Morgan, and then up to the point where he's strangling 
Martha was was okay, well done, and and I think that's a big portion of that is because Lenny James knows what he's doing, even with material that might not be the best. Right? You think he's pissed off? Um, you know, I don't know. That's a really, really good question. He was on AMC's Talking Dead after the episode, along with Gimple, um, the two showrunners, and uh, what's her name, who plays Al, Maggie Maggie Grace. Um, And, you know, Morgan only had good things to say. I mean, sorry, Lenny James only had good things to say, of course. Uh, Although there was a moment where they were talking about, you know, I think they were talking about Momo, the nickname for him. And he said something like, you know, I've done Shakespeare and now I'm doing Momo or something like that. You know, I, <laughs> I, I paraphrase and there was this little, I detected a tiny bit of what the hell guys, like what is going on here, you know, in, in his tone. So he might be, he might be pissed off. I don't know. He might be disappointed with how things have gone since he moved over to this show. Yeah, well, I guess he's going to have to, you know, buy a dis- disappointment house with the money he's making from this. Well, like, oh, I'm going to buy this house and that'll make up for it, won't it? Yeah, I don't know. But do you think it's like, why would he leave The Walking Dead? Do you think he was promised, you know, we'll make you the lead on another show instead of a character that's kind of not background, but, you know, you only get one episode a season where you're really prominent here you're num- number one main man. Like, is, yeah, is that what promotion? Yeah. I wonder. More lines, more acting, more, you know, more, just more. Bigger, better, faster, stronger character. Bigger, uh, maybe not better is the problem. Like, and, you know, you want to do good work, I would assume. You, or uh, like less but better work, I would think is is uh, preferable to more shitty work. <laughs> You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So, I do lots of shitty work. That's like true. I do almost constantly shitty work. It's my whole life is shitty work. <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's a paycheck. Yeah, it's a paycheck. I don't know. Well, Matt in Lindenwald, New Jersey wrote in, this season finale was enjoyable. I don't care if a finale isn't a special event, but people who do are probably disappointed. Finishing off Dirty Mary was good. She had a menacing vibe early, but her muttering about making people strong all season wasn't really a storyline. She was used to make Morgan see what he used to be like. But I feel like we tackle that storyline twice a year with Momo, so it brings nothing new to the table. Fair enough. I think that's that's true. And then uh, Adam in Texas writes, So we finally get rid of Dirty Michonne. This this woman has a lot of different names. (laughs) She does. It's Martha. Her name is Martha. It is. It is. Uh, we finally get rid of Dirty Michonne, but not before she gives us one more gotcha moment. While I'm inclined to think she is the most useless boss villain of any series, most of her quote-unquote power comes from taking advantage of the fact that our heroes just refused to kill her when they had the chance. And they had like four or five chances. Right. She instead served as a metaphor for evil. Evil is uh, a pleasing, friendly smile that not only wants to hurt, but punish you for your goodness. Evil can't be swayed and evil causes others to be hurt because you don't deal with it. This has been something Morgan has already dealt with. And I found it interesting that they addressed it again. So again, kind of retreading the same stuff, but, um, 
you know, I guess it's okay if they're going <laughs> to do that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Chris in Syracuse writes, the water poisoning plot was stupid. They know that the dirty lady tainted the water before when Althea got sick. They would have been more cautious drinking from bottles. Plus, antifreeze is sweet tasting, and they would have tasted it in the water. They tried to leave a small carrot when Sarah was drinking the coffee and said Wendell had to cut down on the sweetener. Ugh, guess I'll just let it go and slam down a few of Jimbo's beer bows. Keep on moving down the trail, uh, road, uh, the keep on podcasting. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So let's think about this for a second. Al gets sick uh from drinking tainted water earlier in the season yep and then takes some medicine i guess antibiotics and immediately recovers from it right and we saw martha filling that water bottle with some like rusty gross looking walker water from a puddle so that was a different water contamination scenario than the antifreeze which is why al didn't die that first time she got sick right that makes sense yeah that's that's the only um that's the only explanation really i mean medicine cured her not drinking beer i actually did go back to that episode to to check if there was a scene you know where they maybe they found one of the beer bottles in in one of the boxes and al drinks it we just see her drinking it no mention of it to explain how she got better and you know it was one of those things where a character gets bit or you see them get bit but you don't realize it at the time right uh, but that didn't exist so it was just different water poisoning how many I guess, I guess so how many different ways can you poison someone with water uh seven but uh yeah i remember that the the, the guy that i know that uh, was poisoning cats with antifreeze yeah uh, the reason he was using antifreeze is that it's sweet and the cats will drink it Right. It's enticing to them. Oh, that just makes it so that just makes it even worse. It's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. Freaking guy. Okay. Uh but anyways, yeah. Um I think Chris does have a bit of a point though that that if water made you sick at one time, maybe you'd be more careful next time, but maybe not. I mean, you need water, it's there. You don't put two and two together, so it's maybe not obvious. And uh I'm not even sure if they even clued in that the water is what made Althea sick earlier in the season. So it might not have really even been on their minds to to think about it and go down that road. That's true. So what can you do? Uh, all right, James in Blind River, Ontario. Right. Hey, hey, I know where that is. Oh, I was just going to say I have no idea where it is, so I'm glad you do. I know, I know exactly where that is. Blind River, uh, it's halfway between the Sioux and Sudbury. And uh, we used to go there and, and practice uh, the, the Celtic Frost. Half the band was in the Sioux and half the band was in Sudbury. So in the summer, on Wednesdays, we would travel to Blind River and uh, and practice. Meet I love middle. Blind River. It's exciting. I guess I've been through the place or nearby because I've driven that road, but I don't There's recall it. There's a Tim it. Hortons. Don't worry. Well, <laughs> it's hard to find a town that doesn't have Tim Hortons in this country. Yeah, we used to play the uh, Community Day Parade there, too. And it's... Uh, it, it's amazing because they'd actually shut down the Trans Canada Highway so that the parade can go across the highway. Sure. Well, it's it's probably the only road going through town, right? So if you're going to have no, a parade, there's lots of roads, but I mean the fact that the parade crosses it goes like goes onto the Trans Canada Highway, down it a little bit, and then down another road. Uh, but they actually shut down the Trans Canada Highway for a parade. 
All right. Well, that's, I mean, why not? Parades are important. <laughs> they are. Uh, anyways, uh, hello, James in Blind River, Ontario. Now, he sent in a bunch of nitpicks about the episode. I just chose a couple here uh, to read. First one is, he says, Morgan losing control of the car when Mor- Martha, when Martha yanked on his hand when he handed her the pills, wouldn't you instinctively put the brakes on? And, and uh, you would probably, but. Oh, you jump on the gas. No, it just, it doesn't mean that the car isn't going to spin out and crash. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. Maybe it hurt. Maybe he, I don't know. Right. Maybe it hurt and he flexed his leg and he hit the gas and they slammed into the wall. I don't know. Uh, And then the other one is, he says, since when is antifreeze clear? Wouldn't the tampered water be discolored a bit or wouldn't there, like, wouldn't there be a distinct odor? It's true. Um, I, I haven't, I don't think I've seen antifreeze that's clear and it's usually blue or purple. Yeah, exactly. They make it funny colors. Or am I thinking windshield washer fluid? Well, you are. I think there are different types of stuff, but that stuff is usually colored. And I'm pretty sure when we see Al, um, pouring it into the engine of her truck, it's colored. I think it was yellow, wasn't it? I don't remember. Well, I think so, but Yeah. You'd think it would discolor the water, but again, we just have to let that go. The water was poisoned. They didn't know. They drank it and almost died. True. Uh, Okay, Chris in the UK, he sent us a live reaction email as he watched the show. And uh, so there was a lot to it, but I, I thought I'd pull out this part. He writes... What's Morgan's plan here? He's just going to wander around until he finds Martha? To be fair... The way this half season is going, he could have learned that the power of coincidence is sufficient to get you what you need. Why wander around at nighttime, though? Why not look for her during the day? Does he need to ramp up the difficulty because he needs more XP to level up? (laughs) (laughs) So it's, you know, it's a it's a good point. He just wanders off to find her. I got to assume there was probably some sort of walkie talkie uh, conversation. I know he speaks into the walkie talkie, but um and she tells him that I'm at mile marker 54, but again, that's just overuse of walkie talkies, but he's just going to wander around and, and look for her otherwise. Right. So I don't know. Uh, and then he said, uh, when Al was watching her tapes, he said, geez, Al's trying to depress herself to death, which I thought was <laughs> an interesting observation. <laughs> nice. So there you go. Uh, Sally on the internet writes, my favorite scene has to be John Dory and June finally kissing. Not once, but twice, and with some definite heat there. Call me silly and old-fashioned, but I'd love to see a scene next season where they tie the knot. Their standalone episode is some of the best storytelling in any of the series, and I'd like to see more of them together. How do you feel about a wedding next season, Jason? I I have mixed emotions. Really? Yes, I mean, ultimately, I would... I just want them together. I don't think we need to go with a wedding storyline like that just seems a little sitcommy. I mean I mean uh Glenn and Maggie got married sort of yeah I don't I don't know I feel I have mixed emotions if they do it right but I have trust issues uh-huh so uh I don't want them to spend too much time on it because as soon as they start spending time on it somebody's gonna die right Ooh, yeah good call so I don't, 
yeah, so there's all kinds of problems I can think of how the writers would handle it, uh, whether or not it become too big a deal and turn into uh, you know a Friends episode or a Friends series of episodes. You remember how much time they spent on the wedding there? Uh, it, it just there's so many problems, and you know only one of which is June will probably die. Mm, yeah, because. Right? They can't kill off John Dory because at this point, if they kill off John Dory, I'm, I'm going to rage quit the show. Why, God, if they'd killed off John Dory this back half of this season, the show would have been over. I mean, there would have been nothing to look forward to. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, you know, I was kind of interested in the idea of a wedding, but I think you've talked me out of it, to be honest. Um, I, I realize, and you're absolutely right, you just want to see them together doing their thing and they don't make a big deal out of it you just want them to be happy and uh yeah. they're so good together that, that that might work so uh sorry sally a wedding might be cool but it's risky that's the problem and i don't want them to screw up what they have going here yeah causes me too much stress right exactly <laughs> weddings are stressful everyone knows that they are they yeah. are all right, Noop J on the internet writes, I have to be honest, I think the previous episode should have been the ending. They just needed 10 seconds and one bullet for Martha. This episode seemed like that extra little bit that was not necessary. Uh, when Martha poisoned the water, it almost felt like an Elmer Fudd moment. Oh, that squooey wabbit. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Just sort of silly. Uh, okay, finally here we have a call from Matt in the... Uh, oh, I won't say. I'll let him say. From Matt. Hi, guys. It's Matt from the UK. Like you, I'm really disappointed with the second half of Fear and just how bad the writing has become. I think the only way that it could get worse is if the new spin-off series stars our new most favorite character, Jimbo. And it's all about the time before he met up with Morgan after the apocalypse started and his exploits making his new and it's called wait for it beer the walking dead thanks guys great show love listening to it take care bye thank you matt so uh we're gonna get a show about jimbo called beer the walking dead nice <laughs> i can't believe we hadn't thought of that before actually <laughs> <laughs> So thank you, Matt, for that. That uh, That is wonderful. And I hope they don't do it. Okay, Jason, we are done with another season of Fear the Walking Dead. And we have season five to look forward to sometime next year, mm -hmm. um, which uh, will hopefully go a little bit better than season four did. I still think the first half of season four was just fine, to be honest with you. Yeah. They just need to pull their heads out of their asses. Right. Get your heads out how, of your ass. And How hard could that be? Oh. It's not supposed to be in your ass. It's probably pretty uncomfortable. Just do it. Just yank it out. And just yank it out. Get, you know, go get a cloth, wipe yourself down, and you'll be fine. <laughs> Take a shower, wash your hair, um, compose yourself. Yeah, and everything will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. It's that easy. Take the day if you have to. That's right. Exactly. When you pull <laughs> your head out of your ass, you can take the rest of the day off. <laughs> yeah, take the day. <laughs> All right. Very, very good. Uh, so here we are. We are just five days away from, as of, as we record this, from The Walking Dead Season 9, Episode 1. And it is called A New Beginning. 
So, we'll be recording about it, uh, I think, actually on Monday next week instead of Tuesday. And that's because Monday up here in Canada is a holiday. It's Thanksgiving for us, so we get the day off, which is fantastic. I love it when we have the Monday off after a Walking Dead episode, Jason, because it gives me all day to watch the episode and think about it. And I don't have to go to work and, you know, deal with all that BS. I can focus on the podcast and, and the episode. So it just feels like it's much more, uh, there's no rush to it. You know what I mean? I do. So, uh, we are going to record Monday. Are we next week? Sure. Fantastic. <laughs> um, which is which is great. But after that, we'll go back to the, the Tuesday, the new Tuesday schedule. Uh, but for the premiere next Monday, it's going to be awesome. Uh, I certainly hope. I know the podcast will be awesome. We'll find out if the episode is. I don't know. I've already I'm sure seen, the episode will be fine. I've already seen the first five minutes of it, and uh, I enjoyed it. I did like it. Um, we could talk about it, but I don't think you've watched it. So I have not, and I don't want to talk about it. All right, good. <laughs> um, but that's season nine, episode one, a new beginning. If you want to do a title read, by all means, please do record it, send it into us, and I will play it on the show most likely. Uh, okay. If you'd like to get in touch with us, visit talkingdeadpodcast.com. Click on send voicemail at the top of the page to record a message right into your computer. Uh, that'll come straight to us and is a great way to do it. You can also record something into the voice memos app on your phone or whatever it happens to be called on your platform of choice. Uh, that's really the best way to do it. It gets nice, good quality. And I do like to prioritize calls just because this is an audio program and audio is good and makes the most sense. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead or on Twitter at Talking Dead, and you can send all of your correspondence to TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com. One more thing you can do, which would really help out the show, especially right now around this time of year, is go to uh, iTunes and leave us a review on iTunes. Preferably a good one, but an honest one is fine. Uh, it's important now because they tend to feature shows uh you know that are noteworthy and with season nine starting up again walking dead podcasts are noteworthy so it's great to get featured on itunes in the tv and film category or just in general in their new and noteworthy section which is awesome and a whole bunch of reviews coming in i think they notice so great time to do that if you don't mind um it would really help out and i know jason and i would super appreciate it i know i would yeah, absolutely. He's a really appreciative guy, usually. And you just said you would, so I guess we both would. We both really, really would. Uh, and, and you know, any other plat uh, podcasting discovery platforms that allow you to leave reviews, which is probably all of them, uh, do it there, too, or, or there instead. Um, iTunes just happens to be, like, the biggest, I guess, so it's a good place. But really appreciate it if you could do that. Um, it can only, hopefully, mean good things. So... That's it. We will be back next Monday when we talk about Walking Dead Season 9, Episode 1, A New Beginning. And until then, thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye.